Hey Gauntlet members, what's going on? As many of you are watching this episode, we will see you tomorrow at the beautiful JW Marriott in downtown Indianapolis for this year's Spring Management Conference. Today's SMC update is sponsored by Air Products. Air Products is proud to announce Victoria Brifo, Senior Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer at Air Products, as the industry speaker at this year's SMC. If you haven't already downloaded this year's SMC app, make sure to do so before the conference begins. The app will be your lifeline during the conference, and it's chock full of useful information, including a customizable schedule of events. Do you know which educational tracks you're attending? Mark it on your calendar. If you have a meeting set up, you can invite your contact and mark it on your calendar. The app also has maps of the hotel, the events, the contact booth, and even a city map of Indianapolis. It also has this map to the opening tailgate at the NCAA Hall of Champions. The opening tailgate will be appropriately sports themed and we encourage all attendees to wear their favorite team's jersey. The Hall of Champions is less than half a mile from the hotel, just a six minute walk. Representatives from GAUTA and GAUTA Media will help guide attendees from the hotel to the event. The opening tailgate will take place on Sunday, April 3rd from 5 o'clock to 9 o'clock immediately following the newcomers reception, which will be held on site at the hotel from 4 to 5. Monday morning, we'll see the return of the educational sessions in the morning, followed by the contact booth program in the afternoon. Again, check out the SMC app for more information about exhibitors and their booth numbers. The conference will conclude on Tuesday, April 5th with three amazing general business session presentations. Attendees will hear from Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich and Dr. Kevin Basic, a retired U.S. Air Force veteran. They will also hear from our industry keynote presenter, Victoria Brifo, Senior Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer at Air Products. As always, the SMC will provide unparalleled networking and educational opportunities, and we can't wait to share them with you all week. Again, if you haven't downloaded the app yet, make sure to do so before the conference starts. To download the app, search for Crowd Compass in the App or Google Play Store. Then, inside the Crowd Compass app, search GAUTA. We've got a great episode lined up for you, so stick around right after a word from today's presenting sponsor, WeldCoa. Joining us first today is Joe Francis. Joe is the president and CEO of Central McGowan. Joe, thank you so much for being with us today. Joe, Central McGowan made three acquisitions in 2021. Can you discuss how those acquisitions came about and what went into your decision to expand via acquisition? In 2021, uh, we had a little bit of a unique year in terms of acquisitions. Uh, there's not necessarily an acquisition strategy that's built with expectations for us to make these acquisitions. However, you know, a lot of what comes to us is opportunistic or based on some work or conversations that we've been having, you know, for, for months and sometimes years. So we bought Fessler first uh, and that one came about really because of some conversations I had um, over the past couple of years with their owner and he was looking for a buyer. Um, actively thinking about succession planning. Um, it, it came about because of phone calls I made personally. And ultimately, the relationship was created between the owner and myself. And 
and we found a way to make a deal. So a little bit more detail on that though is, you know, it's, it was a beverage carbonation business. And so it came, you know, came off of the backside of us purchasing Jason's beverage carbonation in St. Paul, Minnesota. And um, we really got our, our feet under us in terms of, you know, how we integrate these types of businesses into our company. And Fessler fit, fit, the, fit the mold. Ultimately, it gave us a new footprint in Iowa that we had not, you know, ever really considered or explored. And uh, it served only beverage carbonation related customers, um, some other industrial users for CO2, but the product mix is CO2 and CO2 only. The next one is something that I think, again, came out of a succession planning effort for the owner of Metro Welding Supply. That individual and I created a relationship uh, actually over the course of, you know, a few months again. And we hit it off and it came down to really the values of the organization aligned really well with the values of the organization that we were purchasing. And the end goal is to service customers. And that, and that Metro Welding Supply Company is, is the traditional welding supply business um, that, of course, the majority of our GATA members are used to. So Metro was a business that we bought because it entered us into a market that we had not since tapped into, and it fit well. A couple of employees came with it and a good customer base, a customer base that cared about our, our similar values and how we service them, and it worked out tremendously well. <clears throat> really a similar story happened with Preferred Welder sales down in Mankato. Again, another succession planning story hit it off with the owner. Um, that one actually didn't come about because of my own individual efforts. That was actually somebody on our team that had a connection with him and uh, he needed to you know, sell the business and was looking at his retirement. And um, it was again in a geography that we have, have not tapped into yet. And so it gave us an opportunity to grow our business um, in new directions. You mentioned that all three of these acquisitions came about as a result of businesses looking at succession planning. As more and more baby boomers continue to retire, it seems like a lot of companies are looking at acquisitions as a way to retire from the business. Is that something that you expect to see continuing in the next several years? I believe that we have talked about acquisitions being prevalent, M&A, uh, succession planning, retirements, baby boomers aging out. We've been talking about that in our industry for many years, and I think it's been happening. I don't know if I'm you know, one to say it's that it's, it's sped up or it's ramped up. However, I do believe that all of the challenges that the economy and the industry and what COVID has done to businesses and um, the future ability to compete in the market is challenging some of those that are getting close to retirement age and it's forcing them to really consider options. Um, so I believe there will be more uh, opportunities that'll present themselves in the future. It depends too on the market you choose to go look at. If it's just welding supply companies that we're talking about, you know, there, there's not a, a lot of you know, smaller businesses out there that maybe don't have the resources to succession plan. But if you open your mind to other uh, similar businesses, such as beverage carbonation or other industries, you know, there may be other opportunities for some succession planning that's happening. So when your company does an acquisition, what does that process look like? 
what goes into it, and once it's done, how do you integrate the existing employees into your culture and your processes? So to touch on the fact that we are a, a privately held family-owned business that carries a set of core values that really drive us and our success, it's an easy, it's an easy partnership to create with another business that has those similar values that other major corporations such as you know the majors for instance cannot they cannot sell that same story and so i believe that it gives us an opportunity as uh, smaller distributors um, and for, for me i'm talking about myself in the fact that i can create a relationship with somebody and i can look them in the eyes and say hey look we're going to take care of your customers we're going to take care of your employees uh, we're going to continue on your legacy and I can be honest about it and I can explain what I went through from a succession planning effort recently with my own family. And, and I can tell them that, look, we have a, a pretty darn good foundation for uh, future growth. It, it's really easy to sell that part of it. Um, now, on the front end of an acquisition, of course, is the, the deal making and getting to a purchase price that's meaningful. And although the majors have deeper pockets, say that us smaller distributors or distributors in general, the creativity that people are willing to go through to get something accomplished as far as a deal goes is, you know, it's evident, it's out there. So they're willing to, to work with us. Now, there's some companies that just will sell and they want the top dollar and they want to walk away. We're not going to compete in those deals. We're going to compete and, and buy companies uh, when they care about the future of their employees and their customers and their legacy. Bringing them, so, you know, I don't necessarily have a, a descriptive acquisition strategy, but what we do have is a very descriptive process internally for bringing them, you know, onto our company platforms, whether it's ERP or technology or routing uh, or personnel um, you know, HR related uh, functions, we have a team internally that, you know, as soon as an acquisition uh, goes into letter of intent stage, um, we get a group together internally. And that consists of, I mean, you name it, everything from accounting and IT to HR to operations. And we meet fairly often to start talking about what what the process of integration is gonna look like. And so we get really far ahead of it. And then that makes the whole process of the deal that much easier. It makes the owner that's selling the company feel way more confident and comfortable in, in the deal they're making. So it actually helps us get to the actual closing of you know, the acquisition, which can take months. Um, and we're basically ready to go when, when we ink at the end of the day and, and they take their money and, and they might stay on and consult. So to go back, I'll say that in two of the three cases this year, the, the previous owner was consulting for us for a period of time. And in one of them, that owner is actually still on board with us uh, as we speak today. So everything's different in every single deal. However, you know, our processes have really helped guide us to getting these things accomplished. And then integration just happens, you know, uh, we keep engaged, we communicate well, I make personal visits often uh, to the locations, not just those, but all of ours. Um, so we keep a personal connection as well. All three of the acquisitions that you made entered you into new markets or geographies that you didn't have previously. How advantageous is it to enter a market through acquisition as opposed to a scratch start in that market? So when we think about growth and the future of growth for us, we always, you know, this might sound 
I don't know, unique to us maybe, but uh, we try to be responsible, meaning, you know, you can invest a lot of money in, in a scratch start or in a business to enter a geography or a territory or a market that, you know, you think you want to be in. Um, but at the end of the day, when you evaluate whether to scratch start or whether to acquire, uh, acquiring a company that has a good name, again, a good set of values that carry along with them makes it all the much easier. Scratch starting is, is great, but um, your name typically doesn't mean a lot to the current you know, base of customers that you're going to going after, unless you're going to scratch start in an area where you might've built the base via a sales team. And then you're, you're putting bricks and mortar in to follow it. Um, which is probably more typical for scratch starting. But anyways, moral of the story, uh, acquiring something that's already established with a good name and a good base is is much easier. The key is is making sure that you fund and and acquire whatever you're looking at acquiring for the right price. Do you have any advice that you can offer based on your experience for other GATA members who are either considering an acquisition or are open to being acquired in 2022? Advice I would give to other distributors or folks looking to acquire businesses is, you know, know your metrics, know why you're entering the market, be honest with yourself, don't get too excited about something because it's a shiny object. I've been in that, in that case where, you know, all of a sudden you got, you got your eyes set on a target and you get that person talking to you and you think that it's going to be, you know, the best uh, opportunity for your business to grow. But then all of a sudden the numbers don't look like they should, or the operation is a little messier and you tend to want to excuse some of that away just to get the deal done. Don't do that. So you, there's compromise in everything. You either reduce the price to pay for some of the things that you're going to have to clean up later, or you walk away. So chasing some of the, you know, the shiny objects, I guess, for lack of a better term is, is something I wouldn't do. Joe, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. We at Nikiso are the leaders in cryogenic pump solutions, starting with our state-of-the-art manufacturing facility here in California. Nikiso ACD is an OEM cryogenic pump manufacturer that's been designing and building cryogenic pumps for nearly 75 years. When it comes to service, nobody does it better. We have six strategically located service centers in North America ready to help you with aftermarket solutions. Call us for cryogenic pump service, parts, or just general advice. We'll help keep your plant running for generations to come. When service matters, we've got you covered. We're lucky enough to be joined once again today by Meredith Gas Partners Vice Chairman Rob D'Alessandro. Rob, thank you for being with us again. Afternoon, Stevie. Thanks for having me. Rob, can you discuss the advantages of working with private equity as opposed to being acquired by another company? Sure, Steve. Um, you know, a sale to another company or a strategic may not be the best answer for all distributors. It's an all or nothing uh, proposition. There's no continuing uh, equity opportunity for the, for the owner. They may not be able to retain employment or continue running the business. Their employees or facilities, you know, maybe synergies or cost reductions. And as a result, the business's legacy, uh, culture, uh, brand ends with, with a sale. Private equity is an alternative for those owners who don't want to sell outright, who want to stick around as opposed to uh, you know, simply selling and, and, and walking away. 
the key to a private equity model is that the owner, operator, and their people are essential. The PE firm is, you know, is a group of financial engineers. They don't run, they don't run businesses. Um, so they, they require you know, the, the seller and their people uh, to stay. And they incent the seller uh, to stay by allowing them an opportunity to invest in the business and to have a, you know, as a result, have a second bite at the apple, as you say, and then continue to, uh, to run the business. So a PE model gives you your cake and eat it too, if you will. Uh, if you're not quite ready to retire, a PE firm may be a great, a great partner for you. Uh, you can sell part of your business, put some money in your pocket, retire some debt, you know, buy some toys, and then you hold a, a stake in a business that may be worth you know, a lot more you know, in the long run. Since Merit is launched, you've partnered with six companies to date. Can you describe the process of a company joining your federation? You know, good, good question, Stephen. Yes, we were, we were pretty active last year. We're pretty you know, excited about uh, the companies that we, we brought into the federation. But uh, our structure uh, and model is a little unique to private equity. So first, Meredith, uh, the holding company, you know, sits on top of these operating companies. So AEA Investors, our sponsor, is an owner of Meredith, as are Scott Caltwriter, our chairman, and me, as well as all the uh, many of the uh, principal owners of the businesses uh, that partnered with us. Um, so Meredith is what interacts with our uh, member member companies and our PE sponsor is essentially behind the scenes, right? I'm essential, obviously, to our go forward strategy, but but we interact with our with our partners in you know in the field, if you will. Our model is a what we call a federation model. So we are assembling a collection of high-performing uh, businesses, uh, and we we want to allow them to continue to operate independently, preserving you know their culture and brand. We're here to support them, and we will with expertise and and, and capital. But our pledge to them is really to stay out of their way. Let them do what they have done historically to be successful and not get in their way. So to answer your question, nothing changes, uh, you know, per se. These businesses or these owners are allowed to roll over, that's the term, to invest alongside of us uh, some of their proceeds of, 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 the, of the transaction. And their goal is to, is, and our goal is to grow this into a uh, much larger national footprinted business. Uh, it, it, it's a cool model for, for a select you know, group of owners uh, of distributors. It's not everybody's uh, uh, cup of tea. As I say to prospective partners, you have to be as excited about our uh, strategy and model as we are about, about you, because we're asking them to uh, be investors, be partners with us, and stay in for the long term, right? And so it's if you're an owner who just wants to leave and go away, this model isn't necessarily, you know, for you. To answer the second half of your question about time, a, a transaction with us is is consistent with a transaction to any other uh, acquirer. Uh, it's a ninety to one hundred day, uh, one hundred and twenty day process. It's really largely dependent on due diligence, which is largely a function of how prepared a seller is. So if a seller is ready to go, uh, it's a 90 to 120 day, day process. You mentioned wanting to work with people that are as passionate about this model as you are. 
What are some of the other attributes and characteristics of the distributors that you're looking for in a potential partner? Absolutely. They got to be growing businesses, right? So high quality companies uh, with, a, uh, with a track record of growth. Because unlike the strategics in our industry, we don't, we don't have synergies, right? We don't, we don't have a geographic overlap, right? We are re- relying on these businesses to grow. So we want, it, we want businesses that have, a, you know, have an excellent track record uh, of growth, that they have sufficient scale to add other businesses into them, right? So that as we acquire businesses in their area, we can tuck them into their, uh, to their infrastructure. So they have to be platform businesses, you know, capable of being platform businesses. And they got to be located in the right place, right? Uh, not all geographies in the U.S. are growing geographies. So we want to make sure we are growing in the areas that are growing. Um, but I think most of all, the, the people that are the businesses that fit best with us are led by owners who are like-minded with us, who are willing to stay post-closing, who are excited about building something, you know, tremendous, something larger, leaving a legacy in our in our gas industry. Uh, you know, as John Mark McMurtry, one of our partners, said uh, in uh, in one of our uh, solicitation meetings, right? He said, "Robbie, I want to be part of something great, right? My parents grew something great, and I want my legacy." to be something great. So if you're building something great, I want to be, you know, I want to be a part of that. So it's folks with a longer term horizon than somebody who just wants to, uh, you know, wants to check out and go play, you know, go play golf, if you will. As more and more baby boomers are planning their retirements, do you expect this M&A trend to continue or even to accelerate in the coming years? You know, I, I do, Stevie, and I think it's a function of the type of businesses uh, and and families that own our businesses uh, in our industry, you know, absent a, absent a catalyst uh, like a death, a disability, or a uh, you know, or a divorce, right? The primary reason folks are considering selling are because of ownership and succession issues, right? We have these you know multi generational companies that are founded by grandparents, sometimes great great grandparents, and it's very, very difficult to perpetuate a business across generations because each generation has the challenge of trying to extract liquidity uh, while allowing the business to perpetuate to the next generation. And as you and I've talked about, you know, before finding the liquidity to buy out a shareholder is difficult. It requires leveraging the business, leveraging the assets of the business. And when you buy out mom and dad, there are no new sales coming in, right? There's no new, there no new margin coming in with a buyout of a parent, right? There may be a salary reduction or, you know, to alleviate, but, but for the most part, it's not a great use of cash. So as a result, you know, f- folks are, you know, consider selling because that's really the only mechanism to raise the cash to take care of mom and dad or take care of your brother or your sister who want to, who want to get out. And that's why Meredith and the PE platform is so uh, attractive to certain, you know, to certain folks. But yes, I do, I do believe that it'll be a continuing, uh, a continu- you know, it, there'll be a continue, can you, a continuation of, of uh, M&A activity in our space simply because of the nature of these businesses. They're all long-term businesses. For any GATA members who are looking for an exit strategy and are looking to either be acquired, sell their businesses, or join with private equity, what advice can you offer them? Good question. I, as you know, I spoke at, at a GATA regional and I, and, I, uh, and I spoke a lot about sort of these lessons learned. Through. But really, there, there's two. You know, be, be prepared and be well represented. Uh, you know, taking the second one uh, first, 
don't do this alone. You, you got one shot, uh, you know, to sell your business, have a team of experts and probably for probably what's, what's uh, the most likely the most important transaction in your life. Hire a good M and A lawyer, not your not your father's trust in a state lawyer, but actually somebody who's done M and A transactions. Uh, that this isn't their first one, right? You wouldn't hire your your family doctor to do a hip replacement. So get somebody who's good. Consider even adding an M and A professional or advisor uh, to partner with the uh, with the M and A lawyer because you know the. This is an emotional process and, a, and having an advisor lead the discussions, lead the negotiations, maybe a good practice because that person's unemotional. If you're a seller and this is your baby and your parents' baby or your grandparents' baby, it can be an emotional, uh, an emotional time. So remove yourself from the process and bring somebody else in who can, who can interla- interrelate with the other side. And be prepared. I, you know, I, I, I would say that the number one adage is that, is that time, uh, you know, time kills deals, right? Uh, it's just a matter of time be- before word gets out if a deal is dragging. And if your employees and your customers catch wind of your deal and it creates anxiety and they start to leave, it, you know, you're, you, you have a problem and you know, your competitors are going to f- fan that flame as best they as best they can. So be prepared. Be prepared in advance. Uh, do the work, right? Collect the data with your advisor, right? It, look introspectively. Understand your business's strengths and weaknesses, especially your weaknesses, because you're going to be asked about them. And put the fixes in place, right, uh, in advance of a transaction. So when you're selling a, uh, your business, it's clean and you're, and you're ready. If you're prepared and you're well represented, the process will be relatively quick, uh, and uh, and you'll have your. I think you really have a best shot shot of getting your best deal. That would be my advice. Rob, we appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you so much. Hobart Institute of Welding Technology offers an AWS certified welding supervisor prep for exam course. This course teaches distributors how to bring real value to their customers by assisting them to reduce weld metal volume, reduce rejects, rework, scrap, and much more. Check our website to see all courses or contact us today at 937-332-9500 for more information on enrollment requirements. Finally, we're joined today by Kyle McCourt. Kyle is the store manager for Robert Oxygen's Orlando branch. Kyle, thank you for being with us today. Kyle, Gas Products and Service was acquired by Roberts in 2014. As somebody who had worked for the company before it was acquired, can you describe what that process was like and how long it took? The acquisition happened very quickly, it seemed. Uh, One day we were sitting down for a safety meeting with the owners of Gas Products and Service and a gentleman later known as Bob Roberts. uh, And within a few weeks, we had painters blocking out the new Roberts Oxygen logo. Once you became part of Roberts officially, how was the company able to successfully integrate to the cultures and processes of Roberts? Integration came with time. There were new SOPs, equipment, paperwork, computer systems, obviously. Uh, However, Roberts made the process significantly easier, uh, sending teams of people from other branches, divisions, to assist with the operational software, converting inventory, and training us on all the new procedures. I might also add that as we were a small family-owned single store, resources were limited. But as we merged with Roberts, we were able to retire some of the older trucks for newer and more efficient vehicles. We were brought up to speed with routing software and handhelds to improve our daily functions. 
overall, the most significant point of integration was after gas products and service owner retired, we had a new manager from Roberts Oxygen with experience who relocated to Orlando and was an integral part of helping us navigate our new company. We were fortunate that our culture never had to change. Uh, GPS was an employee-driven and customer service-focused company, and the same holds true with Roberts. We were able to adapt very quickly to the new trucks and countless cylinders. Uh, the process changes, however, took a little bit longer. Uh, some habits are tough to overcome. For a company that already had an established customer base and presence in Orlando, how did the customers react to the acquisition? The customers were a little taken back at first, but after hearing that Roberts was another family-owned independent that also prides itself on service and kept all of the team members from gas products on board, they were a lot less apprehensive. M&A activity is accelerating all across our industry. As more companies continue to be acquired, can you offer some advice to the employees of the companies that are being acquired as somebody who's already gone through that process? First and foremost, embrace it. Addressing something negatively will almost certainly yield similar results. We all work diligently to support our coworkers and our families. Therefore, if an employee stays determined and dedicated as they were in the previous company, they have nothing to fear. This was most certainly a successful project. As they say, the proof is in the pudding. All former gas products and service members are still employed by Roberts at our Orlando location. They receive incredible benefits and opportunities that cannot be offered by the previous company. We all take great pride in the fact that Roberts chose us to be the starting point for Florida. In the last eight years, we have expanded from just our Orlando and Lakeland stores into two scratch start markets in Jacksonville and Miami, as well as helped with another transition of another acquisition in West Palm, growing our Florida markets by five times since 2014. Kyle, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We really appreciate it. The packaged gas and welding supply industry needs a comprehensive software tool to track assets and effectively manage price volatility, procurement challenges, and new regulatory requirements. Datacore ERP does all of this and more. Our software helps gas distributors refine shipping and inventory processes, improve production and distribution models, track assets, and achieve long and short-range planning with greater accuracy. Start using data to grow your business, enhance your productivity, and enable success with Datacore. Today's member news segment is brought to you by Anthony Welded Products. Stop by the Anthony Carts booth 400 during the contact booth program at Gauda's SMC for a chance to win a limited edition Anthony whiskey cart. Holston Gases announced that Joe Baxter has been appointed as a senior vice president, taking on company-wide responsibilities. Replacing Joe as the Kentucky VP is Jason Blair, a 26-year Holston veteran. Holston also announced that Matt Bird was named the Alabama regional vice president. Finally, Holston announced the formation of the Middle Tennessee region. Grant Sartain will serve as the VP of the newly formed region. ORS NASCO and Medco Tool appointed Shane McCarthy as its Chief Operating Officer. Dale Oxygen was named a Top 100 organization by Pennsylvania Business Central. Equigas announced that it has expanded its long-term partnership with Dover Corporation. Dover recently acquired Regal Products, Superior Products, and Acme Cryogenics to form OPW. Weiler Abrasives announced that it had donated $25,000 to Workshops for Warriors. 
CGA and GATA announced that the 2022 Young and Emerging Professionals Summit will take place on Tuesdays and Thursdays from June 21st to July 21st. It will be eight sessions over four weeks. To learn more about the summit, click the link in the description below. Hypertherm announced that it will be suspending its business in Russia until further notice. Flame Technologies was acquired by Messer Cutting Systems. Flame Tech will continue to operate post-acquisition as a standalone company with its own sales force and brand along with all of the existing Flame Tech management and employees. Finally, Gauda is excited to announce the following new members to the association. United Global Commodities, ProKeep, and Rowington, USA. We look forward to seeing you at future Gauda events. To read more about any of these member news items, or to submit member news of your own, read the full April 1st GATA Connection in your email inbox today, or by clicking the link in the description below. GATA Media is the go-to resource for news and information about the gases and welding industry. Through our wide variety of publication platforms, GATA Media keeps our members up to date on all of the most breaking news, emerging trends, and member events in the industry. Want to get your company's message seen? We have a quarterly print publication, a twice-monthly newsletter, an online buyer's guide, and a twice-monthly news show. If it's happening at Gas & Welding, it's happening on Gauta Media. Want to learn more? Contact your Gauta Media representative today. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. If you're attending this week's Spring Management Conference, please stop by the Gauta booth during the Contact Booth program. We would love to see you and to say hi. Until next time, for all of us here at Gauta TV, this is Steve Guillermo signing off.